Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre, and today we are here to talk about the Challenge Ride or Die season premiere. I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts who are beautiful. They're amazing. We have the Southern Luke Wensi. What's up, guys? The Northeastern Miss Zoe Tremboli. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Challenge, it's back. It's been 10 months since we had an MTV season, which I didn't realize had been 10 months because we had, you know, All-Stars and... USA and every show in between, but it's been 10 months and our main show is finally back. How are you guys feeling? I don't know how to feel yet. I don't want to like, I feel like typically the first episode, I'm very much like, it's so good. I'm so excited. I think it was different. And because it was different, that's what makes me a little excited. Uh, but I'm hesitant to like jump into this already. I'm not hesitant to jump in and say that I love it already, but I also am very fickle, so I reserve the right to change my mind. <laughs> um, but I loved it. I love the vibe of the Rider Dies because I just like, um, we can get into more of it later, but I like seeing some of our cast members just have like that little bit of peace, but also this like tension of I want to protect this person. Um and I love that MTV found the music budget that CBS couldn't find. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I was thinking too, Zoe. Like just immediately, it's like, oh, there's something playing in the background. Or even if I don't like what's going on, sometimes I can just tune it out and listen to the music and vibe. It just, a little music goes a long way. And in some parts of the episode, it was really strong. I think I wish there was more of a consistent theme to the music because sometimes it feels like it's grabbing in from a little bit too much of different eras. And I just want I want something more consistent, but I do enjoy it a lot. And especially compared to USA, oh my god, just the, the absence of sound was really grating at times. And I agree, I'm I'm on both of your guys' sides where it's like I did really enjoy that. I like that we had a new episode, but then there's some like there's some different elements to it where we always want to see rookies make a big move. That's always the dream. And at the end of this episode, it's like oh wow, Kayla's gone. Like but one of the people. We're going, we're going, it's like one of the people I was most excited to see, someone who always makes bold gameplays. Like whether you like like Kayla or not, you can't deny that she shakes up a game and has such a big personality. And we lose her episode one, and it's like, what, what the fuck now? We'll get into that because there's ways we could have avoided this. But I definitely think they're attempting to be brighter, happier. We saw the colors. We saw the happy music. So I can get on board with that. And I, I hate to admit it, but I do think the lack of like really super prominent vets that have been there the past few seasons was noticed. Uh, so I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, but I definitely felt like it was a little bit different. Yeah. And we're, you know, I'm just going to hop into something like what you're saying right there. Uh, and during the episode, we get the house toast. And... It's like, okay, who here has done the most seasons? And they kind of had the moment of realization where it's like, oh, my God. It's Nelson. They should not. They should have asked a different question after they realized the person was Nelson. Because Nelson has never strung more than one coherent sentence together in his entire life. And listening to him do that toast. Um... I got secondhand embarrassment, and I don't think he was even embarrassed. I think I think he thought it was a really good toast. Laurel was right there, right? Yeah, yeah. and it it should have been Laurel, but I think Laurel was also like trying to play it low key this whole episode. Where I don't know she because like she's obviously back after a long time, but Laurel doesn't like to. 
in Lolo's mind, she's never left in a way. Um, but yeah, uh, the the craziest thing is that I, I saw someone tweet like Nelson just gave the worst toast in challenge history. And to me, like it, it reminded me of a man who had zero clue he was going to give a toast until someone said it right then and there. And it just happened. He shouldn't have been that person, but it was in his role. And it's one of those things I think we're going to look back at in time and laugh at that it actually just happened. And I've, I've been covering Nelson since I started covering the challenge. So the fact that he's the most vet guy, person in the house, and like person of the most seasons, it makes me feel old and just kind of crazy. Ugh, seen too much of Nelson, I fear. I believe so as well. Let's get into the episode, though. Uh, we open. They're on a boat. Uh, they're all showing off our, their red or dies. Like, oh, this is my partner. This is what they bring to the table. This is how we met. And I really like that introduction because it does uh, remind me. It's not as good as the way they would introduce the rivals pairs where they'd be like, oh, these two had drama uh, from this. And you would see them fight in like a 10-second clip. And then they would talk about why they hate their partner. And that would be such a good way to introduce people. They're obviously not rivals. But this is the you know the best possible thing they could do without TJ naming them out like that, and it would be weird if like TJ just put them together. It's like, hey, you guys are best friends. Yeah, and to tie back into what Zoe said at the beginning of this podcast, uh, Michelle had the best quote I think to start off the season by saying, "Listen, personal seasons are the best. They get messy. There are, there are so many intertwined relationships. Uh, so that is that really kicked it off for me to be hopeful." Yeah, hundred percent. I also enjoyed seeing the softer side of Laurel when she's talking about Jack. I think that what we love about Laurel as a cast member is that she is like cutthroat and vicious and just will do whatever it takes to win. But it is also an enormous part of who she is that she has like this tender, soft heart and really just wants to be loved, but like also doesn't want people to know that about her. They do really do have a cute relationship. And we see a bunch of other pairs. You know, we see Jay and Michelle. We see Nelson and Norris, um, Devin and Tori, Turbo and Tamara, uh, which we must talk about now. Uh, as Laurel's pouring out champagne for everyone, uh, Turbo apparently is a weirdo because she didn't see him and she didn't pour him champagne and then he takes straight offense to it. What's, what, what was going on there, guys? So at first I was like, what a weird first impression. But then I realized these two have done a season together before. Like they've lived in the same house before. Oh, fuck. You're right. Like this is not the first time they've met. Do you think he's just spent too much time with like Carmarie and Polly and has just developed this weird hatred for her? I guarantee she simply did not hear him if he was asking for champagne or didn't see him. And I'm sure. He was doing the whole, like, I want some, I want some, and didn't use her name once. Like, I work with children. When children try to address me and they want my attention, I say, my name is Miss Zoe. <laughs> like, that's what you can call me. So, like, Turbo, if you want someone's attention, use their name, be polite, and don't be a fucking freak. You're so weird. He's the weirdest person. And he needs a haircut also. Yeah, and I just feel like we're going to talk about this, I'm sure, at the end as well. But he just came into the season so just off-putting. Like, angry and aggressive. It's weird, too, because, like, 
I've always gotten the vibe that Turbo was very entitled, that he was always kind of very much a person living in his own world. And then this season, it's like he takes those losses and instead of having some self-reflection, he's just turned the dial up to, like, not even 11, but to, like, a million. Uh, he just just be a cool person. Just be a regular person for, like, five minutes. People don't have to baby you. You're, you're a grown man. Act like it. But he spent all his time since the, his last season. Any challengers he's hung out with since then off the show have been, like, Backwoods, Brittany, Carmory, Holly, like, yeah, and he's he's a champ is is my thing. Like, he doesn't have to come in here and put on this front. Like, people know what he's capable of. Play cool, and he has enough knowledge of Laurel. Like, maybe don't let her be the person you jump at. It was just really weird, and you could tell that Laurel was like, "Please don't bring this out of me on the boat ride to the house." Like our first film interaction. Please don't bring this out of me. I think she handled it perfectly. She was like, okay, what what do I do now? Like, yeah. what do you want me to do? We get off the boat. Uh, we get into the house. We see people, you know, move to their rooms. We get some songs playing. Uh, we see Jay and Johnny link up. There's, like, maybe an alliance going on there, as we see later in the episode. Uh, then we see Johnny with Norris uh, as they're getting flirty. Nelson talks to Raven. And, you know, we basically find out that Raven... Kind of has feelings for Johnny, uh, but Nerissa has swooped in, and now that's the storyline. Listen, I actually am so welcoming to it because I think that Johnny and Nerissa have the capability to be messy. No clue who Raven is, but she's already cracking me up as much as she's just kind of like a stupid hater. Uh, she's funny, so I'll take that any day of the week. We need it. Like People are tweeting like, they forget this isn't a dating show. This isn't Love Island. This, is our, this isn't our one. It's a reality show, though. You need moments like this. Like, it's night one. They're hooking up. This is good for TV. This goes in with the interpersonal relationships this season is about. It's crazy, Thank you. people. Thank you, Narice, for understanding the assignment when you go into a challenge house and you're single. Like, I appreciate you. She's also... I've been dying for Narice to get cast on this show since she was on our one. I love her. I think she is one of the most beautiful women in the entire world, too. And MTV is so shady for playing dancing on my own while Raven was talking about getting friend zoned by Johnny. And they're like literally montaging Johnny and Narice kissing and Raven just being like, this is a bummer. It was so shady, but I loved it. Like that is what I come here for. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we love a good mess. And we're about to talk about the daily challenge in one second. Moving into the daily challenge now, we get there. We find out Casey and her brother are no longer there. Uh, it turns out we had to return them to Home Depot. We already had that, you know, we already had the tile ready in the house, so we didn't need them. So we, we sent them back. They're unnecessary. But we do get two teams. We get Nam and Emmy, and we're going to tell you straight up. Did Nam you- does. He came from Home Depot too, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> he came from Home Depot too. And what's crazier is he, he's never met his partner before that day. That was their first day they've ever met. They are not ride or dies. I don't know what Nambo has on the network. I don't know what he saw in a dark room that he has all this intel that they're going to cast it for anything. Seems like a genuinely nice guy. I'd have lunch with him one day, but that's about it. I don't know what's going on to where they have to cast him on every show. He experienced mental abuse by the hands of Lolo Jones, allegedly. Just kidding. 
that didn't happen, but I have to say allegedly. I don't know. But why is he here? Why is he here? He's, I can think like, of he's like the light to Turbo's dark, but I hate both sides. Yeah, I need a good middle point. But we do get the angels on my eyes. We have Horacio and Olivia. And the fact you get a Mexican on the show that's a D1 soccer player that was in a Ninja Warrior type show. I'm all in on him since before the season, like when they like first left the film. He's I'm putting all my money on him. I like him. I think he's very handsome. And Olivia just looks like a stacked female across the board. She just has like she has a body. She's pretty, and she has some character to her. I think I lo- I love this duo. I'm so glad they're in the game. Yeah, they came in, and Olivia from the jump had really good confessionals, and they had a good dynamic. So I am happy to see them as opposed to some of the people we could have seen. Yeah, Horacio gives me good vibes. Like, he just seems sweet, but not to the point where I'm, like, bored to death. Because I think, like you said, Alan, he's got the athletic background to back it up. So I'm excited to see what he does. I'm not sold on Olivia yet. Um, I think athletically it's going to be there, but I don't know. I got weird vibes, so I'm just going to see what happens. Is the weird vibes her flirting with Nelson at a bar? Yeah, honestly, that gives me weird vibes when people do that because it makes me think they're dumb. Fair. The Daily Challenge. They have to uh, solve three problems or, like, you know, add up some stuff. Run to a ball pit that has um, false numbers on them, or di- yeah, digits. Yeah, <laughs> they bring and it they over. Had, yeah, go ahead, go for it. They run out of the pit, bring them to a bola, hook them up, go into their next question, find the next numbers they need. Uh, once they have all three, they run those bolas over to a finish line. First team to get all three wins the daily challenge. Can I just say? You all might disagree. I thought this was genius to have as the first challenge because there's physicality. We get the tie into the theme of the season. You know, you could definitely rig this, but looking at the results, it doesn't look like it was rigged. Like, I just thought it was a chance to see dynamics at work, to see physicality at work. I was pretty pleased. I didn't think it was that physical. I I just maybe. Yeah, you're right. But I just felt like they're getting out there and they're doing something. Yeah, I like watching him get a little dirty, literally. Um, I think it was a little chaotic, which is good. You want that. I didn't love that it took zero skill to win. I want to like legitimately see who's good at something. And I think, mm-hmm. I guess, Johnny and Raven moved quickly. Good for them. But I like. I don't think there's any legitimate skill. Now, people can expose themselves for being morons. You can't show you're good, but you can show that you suck. That's what you can do in this daily. Uh, And I want to say this was definitely a trailer daily challenge where they want to have everyone all muddy and just like it looks like they're getting into it for the trailer. Less so of the actual physicality, as Zoe's saying. Um, Yeah, we saw some people really struggle because. They're stupid. They're stupid. Mr. Owen 51. Nelson. For his own age. Yeah, and production's leaning into it, too. They're acknowledging the fact that he lost 51 straight daily challenges. They're asking, when's the last time he won one, Nelson? And yet, he couldn't remember that he was 33 years old now, not 32. But you got to remember, he's the OG who's given the house toast. He's the old man in the house. 
Alan, do you feel like production stole that from you? Because I think you were, I feel like I remember you being one of the first people to reference how many daily challenges Nelson has lost in a row. So there's there's a guy, his name is Brian Batty on Medium. He actually was the guy who first started tracking it, but it was like 20, like it was like 20 something daily challenges in. And then I started calculating the math of like what the chance of him doing it is. And it, at this point, it's like, it's it's 99.99% chance of him losing this many. Like it just, it's almost mathematically impossible. At some point, someone just has to win a daily challenge, like just by random luck. Uh, so you have, you have to know how old you are to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What was, the other one was Chauncey. Chauncey was he. So they had to multiply the letters of their name. And Chauncey was like, OK, how many letters are in Amber? And he just was like, one, two, three, four, five, counting it on her jersey. And I think he was just like, wait, is her is her real first name? Is that Amber B? Is that what the first name is? Like, okay, you're just Amber. Okay, I'm just learning that right now. Okay, cool. Because even when he was, he, his original tweet, like, I'm going to marry Amber B from the challenge, he included the initial. Yeah. She did say while he was doing that, oh, multiplication. I was like, oh, girl. Girl. I saw someone tweet. I don't know if it's true, but they said that Chauncey actually messed up how many letters are on his name. Uh, so that's why they got it wrong. So they're they're a real fantastic duo. They're just real two really pretty people. Them and Nelson and Reese, just just four extremely gorgeous people. Yeah, beautiful beautiful teams with not a lot going on upstairs. I cannot. I just can't. <laughs> we did have some beautiful winners though. Johnny and Raven, they get the win of the daily challenge. I love it when a rookies win a daily challenge because it immediately establishes them. Regardless of whether they're good or not, like the first taste is that, hey, they won. Jay and Michelle come in a close second where Raven actually dropped her bowl in the mud, had to go backtrack to get it. That was actually kind of funny. Um, but Raven and Michelle get the win. Uh, Raven and Johnny get the win. How are you guys feeling? I like camp. I like Sam and Kayla. I was feeling like the birds watching Johnny flex after winning that challenge and it's only because like i'll be very transparent i love kayla and i want her protected at all costs not just because i love her as a challenger but her and sam had the best vibes the best confessionals like they're so funny and cute to watch i was like i need them here as long as possible because it was just it was a good dynamic and it was a genuine ride or die which made it better so i was definitely the two of them watching those two get so hyped over that game of hungry hungry hippos but less physical um i will be the detractor here that doesn't like when rookies win i i might have used to back in the day but like when they're i mean i knew johnny from love island but ravens are random like that does not excite me at all so this is an instance where I'd rather see Kayla and Sam win. I would honestly rather see Jack and Laura win. I would rather see Tori and Devin win even. Uh, just because, like, I know them. I have some connection with them. Uh, or even Nelson for... and Reese. Honestly, yeah. I keep forgetting them. But, yeah, for sure. I'm going to be uh, also a detractor here. I did not like um, Kayla and Sam hating on their win just because I was just like, I, here's the thing. Were they flexing a bit? Yeah, but if, if I want a daily challenge, I'd be going crazy, especially with the first of the season. But I'm sorry. I just, that's how I am. I'm like, yeah. 
I, the, we, we need bitter people, and I think that Caitlin Sam showed the right amount of bitterness. And this, let's keep in mind, this confession was probably filmed after yeah. the rest steps had unfolded. Yeah, yeah. So after they get nominated, that that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, and I did think keep that in mind later in the episode. Uh, the opening, though, uh, they really were all over the place. And uh, on Challenge All Stars, Caitlin would always have quotes about like, "Oh, uh, Sam told me that if I come home, he doesn't want me to come home if I lose because he doesn't want he doesn't want to be married to a loser." And stuff like that. And then we see essentially that same relationship, except said in words now in person. Uh, Sam just does not seem like he likes many people as a whole. Uh, and therefore, I can connect with that. And there's, I mean, Kayla's like, oh, I'll do whatever sexual favors you want as long as you just keep it low key for the next two weeks. So funny. Again, just the best dynamic. I love that she's acknowledging that after you've been in a relationship with someone for long enough too, like you, you don't keep getting all the things that you once got too. Like, I appreciate that. That was very real of her. They were very drunk in that scene too, which I loved. The heart. It just heart hurts. Yeah. It just, I don't know, seeing, seeing the sauce and some people's voices and, and like vibes and the music, it just, it's what I was missing in the Challenge USA, and it's why I'm glad to have this show back. I didn't even think this was the greatest episode, but it's just those little elements that I like to have back on the show. Amber yep. was so cute and funny at the bar. Loved her. I'm scared for her. I just get bad vibes from Chauncey, and it might just be because I don't understand the relationship, but, like, I don't know. And she has the CP tattooed behind her ear. Thank you for bringing that up because I was like, am I imagining that? Is that real? They, a- they just met recently and he knew her from Twitter. He He's like a fan of hers. I don't know. It just sounds like a I, recipe for disaster, but whatever. I need someone to like, who knows things about astrology to tell me their zodiac signs because what in the hell, Amber? Tattoos are like the kiss of death, I feel. I, I always just feel like like whenever I describe the relationship, I always just feel the need to call her like, like him, her boy toy, because that's how I feel. But they have the tattoo and stuff like that, and they seem very serious about each other. But there's there's there's, there's just I don't want to be the guy to mention it, but there really is a big gap in their ages too. That I just it, I always it's in the back of my mind, and it doesn't really come up because Amber just looks so young. But she I don't know. It's just it's there. I think she's young at heart too, though. I think she's like a little immature. I also think he, he seems to know that he outkicked his coverage with her. Like she's definitely way too good for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's a champ. It's true. I mean, I think he's a great looking guy, but for sure. And I think he also is probably a bit opportunistic to tweet. I'm going to marry Amber B. And then you're now dating her. Like there was an opportunity there that you found somewhere or another. And he gets on a reality TV show, which might set him up for more reality TV shows. She's won a lot of money. I honestly can't hate on him for it. Yeah, no, I get it. Like a lot of us would love to live. I would love to tweet at one of my favorite challengers. Hey, let's date. Then actually start dating them and then end up on the show. Like yeah. that. <laughs> that's the easiest way you could get on and probably the most enjoyable way. It's true. We come out of the daily challenge. Johnny and Raven, they're going to swing for the fences. That's their game plan. Uh, they go into the nominations. They're like, all right, we're going to go for some of the top teams. They nominate Devin and Tori, Kayla and Sam, 
Laurel and Jack. And they're like, okay, let's throw them off the scent by putting in Kim and Colleen, which at that point. They would have been better off leaving another, like Laurel and Jack off and throw even like throw Turbo on there. Right. That would have been amazing. Right. But Turbo's crazy and everyone's afraid of him. Literally afraid. Continue. I just, I'll touch on this later. I'm so, this, this whole thing was so stupid. Like, if you're going to actually swing for the fences, put all vet teams on there. Like, just do the thing. Because I think if you put it on, like, Colleen and uh, whatever his name is, I can't remember. Like, that gives everybody else a false sense. Of, like, oh, they're just going to throw in these rookies to save face. The rest are just nominees. It's just bad gameplay. It's also putting a massive, massive target on their back, knowing that two of those solid vet teams are definitely coming back, and mm -hmm. now you are their target. Whereas yeah. they could have just, like, rode that wave for a while. We got to talk about calling a cam real quick. So, just we got yeah, we got to do it real quick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Colleen. Uh, she's talking with Fessy. Fessy's attracted to her because she's a blonde who exists Love on the show. Blonde. Yeah, she, she exists. Um, he's attracted to her. He asks her what show she's from, and she says, Love Island, Germany. All right, not a crazy thing that makes sense. You look at her, gorgeous. Kim, gorgeous. Um, Good-looking humans. Uh, they catch from Love Island all the time. But it turns out they're from The Mole, uh, the German version of The Mole, which is a very strategic game. I'm all about deceit and stuff like that. And... I actually like the idea of lying about that. It's it's fun. It's I mean, something we don't see a lot, especially from uh, these non-British European players. Whenever they've transitioned out the challenge, they just seem really clueless. And Kim and Colleen actually like they're nice people. They kind of got a little bit of a brain on them, a little bit different. Except Jack looked them up at the airport. Yeah, or potentially the multiple quarantines they had once filming started. Mm. But yeah, I do. I mean, a good game move if you're absolutely certain no one knows, uh, but. I would have loved Jack to, like, make a move out of it, though. Be like, hey, I know you're lying about this. You should save us. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> yeah. And he was kind of making a move later in the bar uh, when he's talking to Raven. He's like, oh, they're not from there. He's trying to, you know, paint a target on them. They go, you can't trust them. So on and so forth. The reactions to the nominations were, like, very funny. Uh, I mean, you have Devin, who's just making noise, because that's what he does. He makes noise. Tori makes reaction faces. That's what they do. Um, Kayla, it's like, oh, big move, big move. Uh, stupid, big move, though. I will say there was this moment of self-awareness from Devin and Tori, which was so nice, when they were talking about, hey, you're watching us and you're thinking how annoying we are. Imagine trying to be us and we can't escape. And I was just like, okay, like at least, you know, because that is the complaint on social media. That is everyone hates Devin and Tori yeah. individually together. Like they're the actual team cringe. I think um, I'm, I like Tori say that, but um, I liked that moment from them. It made me hate them a little less. Yeah, I, I agree. And last season on the podcast, I kind of gave Devin lots of love. He made some smart moves. 
but I did appreciate that as well because it's like they've sold this persona since they've started. So like they they can't escape it now. They have fully become this. They probably fully are this. So yeah, it was nice. Um, Laurel was angry, which I get it. And that's why I love Laurel so much. She's proven herself, but it takes nothing to get her like unnerved. And you can see it. And she you can see her like trying to process and calm herself down. But she's so competitive. She's a goat. Mm. I love her. Kim and Colleen are like, oh, damn. We're nominated. This exists. They have their interrogation scene. Uh, first up, Devin and Tori or Sam and Kayla? Sam and Kayla. Sam and Kayla. And Kayla's like, are we going to be doing it? It's like, he's like, are we going to be making any deals or anything like that? And then Giant just says, no deals. There aren't going to be any deals. And this is where I'm going to interject what I was going to say minutes ago. He's like, it's clear you're working with all the vets in the house. And they talk about this throughout the episode. We saw Tori, Devin, and Kayla speak to each other. We never saw Laurel speak to any of them. We never saw Turbo speak to any of them. We never saw Nelson speak to any of them. Maybe in passing to Devin at the Daily. But like... Also, Nelson and Kayla's relationship history is very rocky, to say the least. Like... Not a good one. Just so stupid. I can't really deal with it. Like, and, and Kayla was so smart to be like, uh, we really aren't that close to anybody in here. We're just like, not. Yeah, she's friends with Tori and Devin, but not. She's not. They're not ride or dies. They're just friends. Yeah. Kayla does have like a really a rough social game at times. Where if, if she's with someone who's like. She has someone she's very close with. She just spends her time with that person. Because she's like, why would I hang out with these people I don't like when I could hang out with my friend who I enjoy? Which, like, back in the Jenna days would alienate her from, like, a lot of people. Because she's like, I'm just going to hang out with Jenna because everyone else sucks. Whenever Kayla goes into a season without anyone like that, I think she plays a really good social game. And I think having Sam, where she's worrying about him, it kind of does give, like, the idea that, like, oh, they, they're very confident in their game. In reality, Kayla's just not making many conversations. Well, and I also feel like the way that the challenge has operated the past five seasons where we've had this core set of veterans who have done multiple in a row, we've not seen Kayla since Total Madness. Like, yeah, she's a vet, but she's not coming in with these deep bonds, this vacation bond, this best friend, big brother bond. Like, she's still a vet in that way, but she's not in her web like they are. She, so, just, has, she just has main character energy. That's what that's it true. is. I mean, you look at them. I mean, you look at them like, oh, that's a threat because physically – they look good. And I'm sorry, I'm, we're going to spend a lot of time on this. I don't mean to, but if you're Johnny and Raven, like Johnny's obviously linked up with Norris. Raven and Nelson had a good bond. Nelson has the connection with Devin and Tori. Like they could totally build their own faction there of like rookies and veterans. That way it's not like a flip flop game anyways. Pull in Jay and Michelle who are working with Johnny. Like Kayla's never worked with her. Tori and her seem to have a good relationship. Like, I, do, I think the way the challenge has started to become where there's half rookies, half veterans, it doesn't have to always be a veteran rookie game. Like, switch it up a little bit. That's something that actually Wes is really good at. Like, mm -hmm. when he's part of the house, he kind of finds his own avenue and makes it work for him. And I think some of the vets have to be a little more creative in that way. Yeah. Your seasons. It's hard when they go on 87 vacations together. It's just like, oh... You know, they could talk to Devin and Tori. Devin and Tori say like, "Oh, we'll keep you safe. We keep if you if uh, we win a daily challenge, 
and they essentially agree on that. Jack and Laurel have an interesting conversation with them. Honestly, the deliberation didn't do much for me. Full disclosure, I had to take a phone call during that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Colleen and who's Colleen's partner? What's his name? Kim. Kim. Okay. They played the best route of like, hey, we're both rookies. Let's look after each other. That's that's the clear option if you're a rookie placed in there against two rookies. So can't blame them for that. It's just weird to me. And I keep forgetting that Fessy's there. Fessy's a vet as well. Like, and he's with some random who doesn't have any connection. It's just, I don't know. I wish they would put Nam in there. True. I'm unsatisfied. I am too. Let's move on because I have nothing positive to contribute to this podcast as far as this deliberation yeah. goes. And after that, we see actually like a little meeting of a rookie alliance as you're mentioning, which you hate, Luke. Uh, because they're not rookies. Like yeah. you're sitting there with Norris, who is partnered with Nelson. Amber B is physically there. She's a champ. Like Jay is there, who is partnered with another vet. I mean, a maybe not in some people's eyes, but like. A survivor winner. It's like they could have played this so much smarter. Why is no one saying, I love Laurel, but why is no one saying, hey, let's not worry about vets and whatever. Laurel's a beast. She's got a great partner. Turbo's crazy. Let's get him out. And you can't tell me that like they they don't have this foresight. And I know they're big buddies with Fessy, but like Mariah looks like a built girl. Like, are they not a threat? Do you really think that Kayla and Sam are like this big physical threat at this point? Do you think that even Tori and Devin are? Maybe puzzle-wise, but like, physicality maybe I, but not as much as the others no tori and devon are a very well balanced team yeah because what the other lacks the other has like tori is the physical one in that partnership and devon is the brains i, I mean i think that tori and devon pairs i think the second strongest there in the cast i think as a whole um devon was really good last season he was really good besides uh, – I think he was the best guy after CT last season once Fessy was out. And Tori should have won last season if we're being realistic. Yeah. Uh, I do think, though, there's like the acknowledgement where Jay called himself a rookie even though he's been on three seasons. And I think it really is like the divide between the vacation club and the people who have been on the outs the last few seasons. Because Amber also – I know she's a champ. But she's like, yeah, that's just not going to work because they're just going to throw me in over again and again. And Jay feels the same way. So they're linking up and taking the rookies on their side, which I think it's I think it's more Jay and Amber going for the rookies and the rookies, you know, aligning with them. And Norris is just hooking up with Johnny. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, and I get that. But as it stands now, we know it changes based on the trailer. This isn't a spoiler. We know it changes. But there's only three vacation people there at this point. Like... Yeah, why not take a shot at Fessy? Yeah. Truly. But I forgot Fessy was there, so. I mean, they do know stuff. Because, like, Anissa was supposed to be there. Casey and, you know, the thing that's her brother was there. Uh, And Bananas and Nani are coming. They know Bananas and Nani are coming because they were on the plane with them. They just weren't on the first daily challenge. Yeah. Which it sucks that, like, there's all this stuff that's just not even on our TV screen that we know, but we don't know at the same time. It's bullshit. It is. Um, it, you know, rumor is, which, you know, I'm just going to say rumor for the sake of no one like jumping on us, but that people got COVID and got to stay in a hotel for longer. You know, 
we've already said that Kalen Sam go. If I'm Kalen Sam, I was I would be hoping that I got COVID and got brought in later as a twist when the rest of my friends are there. Like that's so unfair. How you feeling, Zoe? I'm sad. Just thinking about the elimination, and I know that I'm looking at this through biased eyes because same. I can acknowledge. Yeah, like I want specifically Kayla here. And I wanted to see Kayla in the house with Nani and Veronica. I wanted to see like those dynamics because Kayla and Nani are really good friends. And Kayla and Veronica just ran all stars three three together. Mm -hmm. We we were just talking about the next iteration of all stars recently. So I, um, yeah, I wanted those things and I feel a little robbed of it. Yeah. I will say, I think we're fair to go to the elimination arena and talk about the twist that unfolds once they're there. Yes. Johnny and Raven have to pick one of the four pairs to go into elimination. They're like, we're going to make a big move. And it's like, Devin and Tori? Nope, Kaylin's Sam, which is not the biggest move you can make. Yep. Which makes me so sick. <laughs> because if they had chose anybody else, I don't think Kayla or Sam... Kayla and Sam would have been chosen to go in against them. But yeah, they choose Kayla and Sam. And they talk about like, we want to get vets out. Sam is a rookie. He's like, the rookiest of all the rookies. He's a fucking DJ. I, I do got to think like part of this is Kayla's inability just to be like, just to schmooze people. Cause she just not, she just refuses to schmooze people. She's just like, I'm not going to be fake like that. That's why I love her. That's why she needs to stay. I love her too. But it's like one of those things where it's like, just make one fake comment, like "Oh, you're, like you look really good today." Just like I think, it I think would have went a long way. I think it put a target on them. Unfortunately, so that happens. TJ then announces uh, there's going to be a draw. There are three swords. Uh, the players draw the swords. Devin and Tori, blank sword. Oh, we're not going into elimination. This isn't a kill card type thing. Great. Laurel and Jack pull a sword. Oh, this isn't a kill card. Great. Kim and Colleen, you're going in elimination. That's what everyone thinks. They pull a sword. It says safe on it. So for all the shady things that production does, they could not have. And I, again, I'm so irritated by this. They could have put just a nice little symbol on that dagger. And then depending upon who pulls it out, TJ either says, oh, that means you're safe or, oh, that means you're going in production is so fucking shady and they couldn't do that for us they couldn't at least try to protect the people that they're actually paying a decent amount of money to be there for appearance fees like come on and like Kim and Colleen could have had their cute little moment like oh we're liars we're international rookies who no one has any previous knowledge of send them in like oh it drives me nuts oh, I want to be on the timeline where Johnny and Raven make the actual big move and put Tori and Devin in. Kim and Colleen have to go in against them, get smoked. And I want to be watching that version of the challenge. Yeah, that's just not the timeline we're on, unfortunately. But I do think it's cool, which this would be ruined if we had the symbol, which I'd still rather have. But if you get the safe, you get to choose the other team out of the two that goes in. So that opens up the door to maybe burn your friends, maybe get back at an enemy if you don't feel like you have power, but now all of a sudden you do. So I do like that. However, they choose to send in Tori and Devin. When Jack and Laura have been running amok around the house 
about them. And they might not have this knowledge, but like, you can't tell me no one's brought it up. I mean, maybe you could, but it's just. I honestly wonder if it was because Tori and Devin were begging them so hard not to go in that they're like, we should pick them. Oh, and before we move past this, back to the lunacy with the daggers. Thank you. Devin pulls the dagger and he's like, oh, it's actually sharp. He makes what is actually kind of a funny joke. All right, Turbo, these stay down here. Because Turbo's known to be a little outlandish. Turbo knows this himself. He's crazy. He got kicked off of his last season for making violent threats against people. Mm -hmm. It's true. And he handles it poorly. Yeah, freaks out. What do you say, brother? What do you say, brother? (laughs) Then immediately he's like, send him in, send him in. I'm like, did you forget about your fight with Laurel? Which, by the way, I don't want Laurel to go either, but like... Yeah, then calling him a pussy chicken, and I cannot take that man seriously with that bun on his head also. Like, I can't take him seriously, period, but it's worse now. It's worse. And base. Oh, I was just going to say, it's so disappointing, too, to see his partner just be, like, a wet rag who doesn't even say, like, all right, Turbo, like, bring it back in. She's just like, okay, whatever you say. I'll do whatever you say. Like, I'm here because of you. It's like, come on. Provide something. She's probably scared of him like the rest of us, Luke. You would feel uncomfortable if you had to be that close to Turbo. Oh, absolutely. We got to go. We got to go a little inside baseball, though, here, because the rumors are Tamara had a boyfriend, and then she dumped him to come on this show as Turbo's partner. Uh, So many years, just ghosted him. All right, that's your choice. That's that's who you want to stand with. Not only that, the rumors about Turbo on this season are that he was actually even much worse than what we're seeing right now. So, this, so like, if you think you're watching the show, like, huh, Turbo's kind of crazy. This is what they're showing us. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so much going on with him that they don't even want to show you because, I mean, they want to keep him on TV and not get boycott. I don't know what they want, but there's just so much going on there that we're not even seeing. And let's also consider that Tamara's brother dated ninja forever they might still be dating i'm not sure so like obviously they don't have the best judgment who they like spend time with turbo is a goddamn liability one million percent and i hope is it tamra or tom what is it tamra uh basic t i don't know like can't even give her is i hope that she's safe yeah that she's safe and far away from him and his mm-hmm. hand. I need someone to come and splash Turbo. I would love, actually, let's put Festy in against Turbo in that um, Rogan and Jay elimination. Ooh. Yeah, let's do that. I think that's how I want Turbo to go out. Yeah. I, even I like that Festy was like, you think I'm cocky? Have you seen Turbo? True though, and that's crazy, because Fessy talks like he's like a three-time challenge champ, and he is over currently. So, I still can't believe he said he was more athletic than ninety percent of NFL players. He's an idiot. So the elimination, it's it's Tori and Devin against Kaylin Sam, and believe it or not, I cannot believe production would ever do this. It was a puzzle when there was a chance that Tori and Devin were and- going in. And not just a puzzle, Luke, but as Kayla points out, it is a puzzle that Devin has in his living room. It is his living room coffee table. Hmm. And I'm going to pause for a second to take my bias away for a second. 
From appearances alone, this is actually a really smart move if you're any of the rookies because Kayla and Sam have been hanging out with Devin and Tori. It makes a lot of sense to put them against each other. But for my soul, it hurts. But I, I can take away that bias to be like, okay, wow. Great move. That does, that's a great game move. Sure. I can support that while, be dis- while also being disappointed by it. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. This, and- oh, no, I was just going to say, this is like Kayla's nightmare elimination. And I just want it to be in the, the zone, as they're calling it this season, giving her a pep talk. Because she, I swear, she just blacked out. She lost her mind. She was just like, um, um, Sam, uh, 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 yeah. Poor baby. Uh, the name values of the, of the elimination, I, I'm always excited when two team, strong teams go against each other. It's just, it's fun. It's cool to look back on. But this elimination, let's describe it. You said it's a puzzle. It's a, it's a ball maze where they have to move it by standing on these boards. Balance it's a, board. Yeah, balance boards. We're like that kind of like, you know, skateboard, boogie board, whatever. Um back and forth on it and they have to communicate uh it's it's a lot of communication and i think it's to really like hammer home the ride or die aspect of it from an elimination design standpoint it was creative uh it was something different it's not something we like it it really does involve teamwork and i think it's way better than any of the challenge usa eliminations that weren't physical but had teamwork elements this actually did require teamwork but i thought this elimination stunk because I need more impact. I need more physicality in the first elimination of the season because it's the first elimination of the season. And we've got two strong teams going. Well, and that, that's the thing. These two teams are two, like, very physically fit teams. It would have been cool to see them do something where they were, like, actually, like, working up a sweat, challenging themselves, pushing themselves to their limits because they're two teams that can do that. Like, they train for this. They take their health and life seriously so like they were ready for some sort of challenge and while this was interesting and fun to watch not what you want for these two teams correct i didn't find it fun to watch at all because it's just the overhead look of a puzzle board which you don't really get the full scope of it at times i just think from a camera perspective it's a tough elimination i like I like knowing the aspect of like, it does take good teamwork and communication, but it also takes like strong leadership. Like that was the key for Devin and Tori. Devin just took control and was like, this is what we're doing. Listen to me, follow me. Whereas Kayla was waiting for Sam to do that. And I think Sam just didn't have a clue what to do. Yeah. And in case you haven't gathered from what we've said since the jump, uh, Kayla and Sam lose. They get blown out. They don't just lose. They get blown out. And I, I, I look back and I think to myself, like, maybe Kim and Colleen would have beat him in this elimination because that's how that's how poorly Kayla and Sam did. That's why I wanted someone else against Devin and Tori because I think Devin and Tori beat everyone in this elimination, mm-hmm. and yeah. Kayla and Sam lose to everyone in this elimination. Yeah, I don't. I think it also Kayla was freaked out because she knew she was against Devin and Tori, and this was like their skill set. I think if she had felt she'd been against someone she was more evenly matched with, she might've stayed a little more cooler under pressure, but I think she was like, well, fuck. I agree. And I love that TJ said, we see both in the future, but sometimes he just says that as a formality. Here's my take. She came in second on all stars three and had a great showing to come. That short of victory has got to be unsettling to say the least. And then to go first boot has got to be unsettling. It might be to the point that it pushes her to never want to come back. Like, I'm done. This phase of my life is over. Or it might be enough of a push to be like, wow, I got so close and then not close at all. This can't be how I go out. 
All Stars is due for a theme. And All Stars is due for a Rivals theme. And Kayla has plenty of options when it comes to Rivals. The sad thing is, I would like to see Sam back. And he's obviously not All Stars material. But, like, I I do think Sam showed enough personality on this episode where he could be considered. I just don't know. And I'm going to jump a little bit ahead and we can backtrack. What's really upsetting to me is we saw the trailer for next for the rest of the season. There's shots of Casey. We know that Casey and her brother come back just from the trailer alone. We have also, that means that somebody had to quit, been disqualified, like just process of elimination. They don't seem to be any of the heavy hitters brought in because we saw them. We've seen first boots be brought back in when people quit or cannot compete any longer. I get that Nani probably said, I need Casey here. But if you're production and Nani's already in the house because she showed up in the, the episode, spoiler, we're going to talk about it. Why not say, Sam, Kayla, is there any chance you can come back and just send Casey and her boring dud brother who none of us know home? We get to see Nani freak out because Casey's not there. We get to then have the Kayla, Nani, Veronica stuff. Kayla and Johnny don't like each other. Kayla and Jordan had that weird little showmance thing. Like, why do we not think? It hurt my soul that Kayla and Nani literally just like missed each other but this much. Like it was so close. I hated it. I already spoiled it. Okay. Kayla and Sam walk off. The big twist, that's not a twist because we've already had a special episode. We've already had it posted on Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media they, they can post on. Johnny and Nani show up. I, It was like the only thing that for me could have brought my heart a, a little bit of peace at the end of that episode because I was so bummed. But then when Nani and Johnny walk in together, my eyes are on Nani only. But just watching everyone else react to them, my heart skipped a beat. Nani's my girl forever, period. Yeah. I wish they had gotten a longer introduction, though, because I know it's going to take up such a big part of next week's episode, too, anyway. I don't think they're going to rehash it. And, you know, I love Nani. All-time Nani fan. Uh, not second to Zoe. Um, but Blue. I actually... I actually am weirdly, like, I hate him, but I'm excited to see Johnny Bananas back just because it's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen him mix it up. And I just kind of like the, I like him in the house with Turbo because Bananas is very actively terrified of Turbo whenever he's on screen with him. You see Bananas' eyes go like, that guy might actually hit me. Yeah. <laughs> like, Bananas shuts up real quick when he sees, like, Turbo going off because he's like, that's, he's like, I've dealt with a lot of crazy people in this house. That guy's a diff. That's not... That's not a person. It's not funny, crazy. Well, and you know that's saying something because he's seen CT in all sorts of life phases and he's legitimately scared of Turbo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if anyone thinks we're Turbo haters, we're not. You have to think about what's going on behind the scenes for all these people to be like legitimately wary of this man. He is cracked. Yeah. Yes. And I got to say, Bananas and Nani, I think they're the strongest team on this cast, um, which a lot of people – I've got like, a lot of people trying to get into arguments with me and trying to tell me Nani isn't good. I watch this show. Nani is always a top five to seven female every season she's on. She has literally no weaknesses. She never quits running in a final. She has experience. Her and Bananas won 
a bajillion exiles and did well in the dailies on X's too. And you know who isn't here this time around? Wes and Teresa and Sarah and Jordan, who are maybe the two best co-ed pairs in challenge history. They're not here. Yeah, and I think experience is a big one because stats alone, like just as far as like how much can you bench, how much can you run, how, whatever, they're not the top team. However, we saw on Double Agents when Nani was like putting up a hell of a fight with Natalie Anderson, who is jacked, crossfitter, uh, incredible. And Natalie's like, whoa, her experience on the show has taught her many of these things that her size does not matter. Also, Nani has the best social game of Correct. anyone in the house because all these people who are creating this cute little rookie alliance, they see Nani walk in and they get stoked. Amber immediately. Nani voted her into the elimination that sent her home. Right. And Amber yes. still loves Nani. She's like, fuck yeah, that's my girl. Nani could vote her in every season forever. And Amber would still love her. That's how good Nani's social game is. Yeah. Because it's not a game. Because she legitimately like loves people. That's what it is. That's our that's our episode, it looks like. Uh we don't expect any surprise teams to come in at this point. It's not like they were spoiled in the trailers or the cast announcements for the season that like, you know, it's not like Veronica and Darrell are coming. That's not going to happen. It's not like besties, Jordan and Issa are coming, which I got to say, like the theme is ride or die. And that team is just die. There's no rider there. I can't give it in any, any of my thoughts at this point. When, when their episode comes, I'll, I'll talk about it. I cannot. Yeah. They're going to get enough of our time. I fear. And as somber as the ending was to this episode with the, you know, we lost next week, there's the moves that Johnny and Raven made is actually going to lead to some mess and some drama this next week. So I think there is stuff to be excited about because like lines are divided and people are going to be taking shots. People are going to be really gunning after in that daily challenge. Cause in these early daily challenges of the season, I think we see a lot of people take a step back. They don't want to win because they don't want to get blood on their hands. But now that there's like the lot, like the lines are divided Four people have to get nominated. That's like, you know, a third of the cast, people are going to be going all out. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CF Confessionals. Subscribe to the channel. Like this YouTube video. Follow Luke on Twitter at Final Reckoning. The L's are, or the I's are L's. Uh, don't follow me. It's fine. I don't tweet that much and it's just the worst stuff ever. So, hey. Follow Zoe at Zoe Trimbo. Follow me at the Alan McGeary. Overall, just have a great day. We're really tired, guys. Straight up, we are. But we came here to do this podcast just for you guys. And I got to say, I love you all who are watching. And I love my two co-hosts. I met them in person finally. And they are two of the most amazing people in the world. And I'm so grateful that they did this podcast with me tonight, even though they're very, very tired. I love them so much. Good night, folks. Thank you. Good night. Past my bedtime. <laughs>